the podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Wiener. And if this is your first time tuning in, this is a podcast about psychedelic integration. So integration is really the process of taking the insights and wisdom gleaned from psychedelic experiences and translating these into meaningful, lasting change in our lives. And it can really encompass a wide range of things. Integration can mean more concrete behavioral changes, or it can mean deeper exploration of the self and the unconscious and sort of everything in between and around those. And in today's episode, we're really talking about the latter. So this deeper exploration of the self and getting to know oneself and tapping into our inner healing intelligence. And I'm exploring that in my conversation today with Dr. Gita Vade. And Dr. Vade was one of the lead trainers at my ketamine assisted psychotherapy training program. And I was so lucky to learn from her. Every time she spoke, I just wanted to hear more. So I'm so thrilled that she was willing to record with me and share more of her insight and wisdom here. It was such a beautiful conversation. It flew by um, and I hope you'll enjoy it. And even if you're not working with psychedelics yet, we're not even really sure if you are going to. I think this episode and really all of them can still be useful just in understanding what people are doing with these tools and medicines. You know, you're going to be hearing a lot more about them in the coming years if you're not already. So just to sort of know what that process and experience is like and the different ways people are using them might be interesting. So take a listen and let me know what you think. So welcome, Gita. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's really a pleasure to have you. Um, I like to start these conversations just by asking folks how they found their way to psychedelics or how psychedelics found you. Thank you. That's a really interesting question. Um, I would say I've had a fascination with psychedelics for quite a long time. I just remember even, you know, when I was interested, I came into um, practice first as a psychopharmacologist and uh, a researcher, and then I did a 180 and became a psychoanalyst. But I've always been interested in pharmacology and different states of consciousness. And so different kind of drugs and how they affect people and humans has always been a fascination to me, perhaps enhanced also with training at Bellevue, where there was a lot of substance abuse. And just even remember, even before medical school, reading William Burroughs a lot and being interested in all of the different cocktails of um, pharma, pharmaceutical compounds and the impacts. I've always been kind of interested in psychedelic medicines and psychedelics as entities, but never really had tremendous amount of experience with any of them, but just had heard reports and was curious. But I actually had a really good friend who's a colleague that I work with quite a lot who's an older um, psychoanalyst who um, I was working very closely with, sending people to him for referral and vice versa. And he actually did research back in the 60s with Dr. Humphrey Osmond, the um, psychiatrist who actually coined the term psychedelics. So he would talk to me a lot about the most extraordinary results they were having with addiction back in the day and how he would actually just write to Sandoz and get a a bottle of LSD sent to him and all of these incredible reports, which just were just extraordinary to hear about. So that really opened up my interest. And of course, being on faculty at NYU and training at NYU at the time, I had been really interested in the end of life um, studies I and mean, anxiety and depression studies in cancer, terminal cancer, and how impacted they were with psilocybin. So I just had my radar up about all of this stuff. But I would say the most exciting piece was I met a patient in my office, even after I was reading a lot about this, being really aware of it and peed into it from a, you know, just from a kind of knowledge perspective. But I had an encounter with a patient that I'd been working with for many, many years, and I hardly saw him. I was really literally seeing him once a year, possibly twice a year for 
psychopharm follow-up. I think he just took sleeping meds as needed, not even a very, very strong pharmacological component. But I remember sitting with him and feeling something was really different about the experience of him in the consulting room. And I kept on asking what was different in his life. And there wasn't anything identifiable that was different in his work life, his relationship life. Everything was pretty much the same. And after really digging very deep, he kind of actually said, what are you asking all these questions for? And I pretty much told him, exactly as I'm telling you, nothing seems different in your life since we last met about a year ago, but the experience of you is incredibly different. And he said, well, what are you noticing? And I said, I feel as if I can have emotional connection with you in a way I've never experienced you before. And I'm really trying to figure out what could account for that. And he was sort of a surprise that I had appreciated this and said, well, since you've noticed, I'll tell you what I think it is. I started working with an underground facilitator. He was an older man. And he said, I um, saw all of this research and I found someone who was doing this kind of work. And it's been enormously fascinating and helpful. And I was so intrigued. I said, well, would you mind asking that person? <laughs> would they be interested in or open to having a conversation with me and so that led to really deep friendship with this um, underground facilitator who was also a psychoanalyst. So we shared a very similar language. I would say the difference is that I was trained in a very Freudian manner and he was trained in much more a kind of body-based somatic Wilhelm Reich school of psychoanalysis. But more or less, we spoke the same language. So it was just absolutely fascinating to just understand how he was working. And then after a, quite a long time, he sort of said, well, and I was reading everything about this. He said, well, would you like to try this? And I kind of thought, well, I don't know. I'm not sure if I need it. But ultimately, when I finally did, I was amazed at the impact it had. I just feel like the veils were opened and it was the most phenomenal kind of experience. And I immediately knew this was a complete game changer in terms of access and psychology and spirituality and I just felt oh boy I need to know everything that's going on in the underground the overground this is it was so clear it was not subtle at all mm -hmm. wow I can imagine as a practitioner what that would be like face to face with a client who you've known for a long time to feel that to re like really feel that difference in the room. It was really powerful to me, you know, with the space between us. So it was really interesting to see how impactful it had been just from uh, discovering myself. But even then, it did take me a really long time to actually leap in and have my own experience, which is also interesting. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I found that was, in hindsight, I, I do think that's really interesting that I was hesitant to really... Um, take the plunge. I mean, I'm not someone who was really, still I'm not, I'm not someone who has any judgment against recreational use, but it's just not for me. And there wasn't really a clear clarity about why would I do this? No. I think that's really important to note, given that so much of the conversation right now is about treatment resistant depression, PTSD. And I think to make psychedelics a little more palatable, they're still often framed as this last resort. Um, but to hear how someone really not even sure if you could benefit from them, that it felt that transformative for you. It felt very transformative. I would say the experience was even having an awareness of myself and actually all the growth that I had made through my own personal psychotherapy, as well as my analysis. And I could really see how much in the session it had impacted me positively and also some of the limitations as well as how that was the tip of the iceberg. And then I was able to have such deeper access into my own self-sculpture, the past, how it had informed the present moment, different layers of consciousness, seeing myself in relationship to a group that I was participating in and seeing you know, it was just extraordinary. I felt I had no idea that these layers of consciousness and access or knowledge were available. I don't actually think I've ever had such um, a powerful experience where I felt in that experience, the veils were completely lifted. 
And I've since then had deep information of different bits and pieces, but that was just absolutely stunning. It was literally, um, I would say I was vibrating for a month. Had I had the um, concept available at hand about Kundalini awakenings, that would have been quite useful to have at the time. It wasn't a phenomenon I was avail that was available to me, but I, I understood it, even if I didn't have the language for it. I knew something radical had shifted in my access and knowledge from experience. And I think it really helped me a lot that even though at the time I was sort of more of a scientist, I had been raised Hindu. So I did have some maps available to be like, wow. So I guess all of that stuff is true. And all the scientific kind of more atheistic kind of positions I had gravitated towards were not really what that experience, you know, seemed to confirm. And it was like a real shift in direction. But I think it would have been much more challenging had I not had some way of interpreting and understanding some of what I had experienced. Um, and I think it also helped to be a psychiatrist because I could do a quick mental status exam on myself and feel like, oh, good, I haven't lost my mind either. I am actually pretty grounded. But I do wonder about how would that be for individuals who don't have a sense of understanding or don't have a way of knowing, have I lost my marbles or something like that? Because it can be quite confusing um, to have such an encounter. It was, for me, quite transformative, but really mind-blowing, you know, in the, in the stricter sense of the world, but in a very good way. I do feel like I had inner resources to navigate it, but I could see how one can really get into trouble if you don't have the right set setting preparation. Mm -hmm. I can see that not just because I know that from practice, but I could see that firsthand in that first experience um, that, you know, it's, it's, and I've had experience subsequently where I could see how things could get tricky in the right, in the wrong container, which I think is really helpful to appreciate and actually know firsthand yeah. really informs the way I practice with, you know, with ketamine. I was about to ask if you had subsequent experiences and can, if you were, I mean, you said it sort of took hold of you. So I imagined you, you started exploring maybe other medicines or other ways. Yes, I was fortunate enough to be able to have um, different options of being able to, different situations which did allow me to explore. And I've done a lot of exploration in different ways. It helps that I've been able to be in different situations where that's been feasible. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I definitely feel. And, and I think it's interesting because I think, of course, I'm really interested that consciousness is something I'm deeply excited and interested in um, and the therapeutic value of it for sure. But I do really feel for myself, at least in the way in which I work, having self-experience very much like being a, a psychoanalyst without a real understanding of the process through experience, I think I wouldn't be able to use myself in the same way that I really lean on um, in my work. And of course, there's different applications of therapy and different applications for psychedelic psychotherapy. But for me, having access and knowledge and ability to use myself as an instrument really has been very helpful. And I think that just as I couldn't do psychotherapy using myself without understanding of the psychoanalytic process and using myself in that way, I feel like having access to different layers of consciousness within myself and states is just so significantly valuable for my own um, work with others. Yeah, I imagine that doesn't even necessarily have to mean self-disclosure, but it could, but but just for you to really have that embodied experience and it's, knowing. It's not even about self-disclosure, although, you know, generally speaking, someone asks me a question, usually, you know, if I understand and don't think it's going to impede the person's curiosity and process, I'm pretty happy to answer. But it's much more in terms of being able to actually use my whole almost meditative process to listen and have my baggage out of the way, which is actually different than the kind of psychoanalytic kind of knowledge of myself, but to actually be able to be fully able to be present and in the present moment with a person and to listen with my whole being instead of just listening with my mind. So it just allows for much more access of myself as a register or recording of the of my own counter-transference, but also I think the space between two people, it's very much being able to allow myself to use myself to be more attuned in different ways, which is just one of the things that I value so much about this work 
is the field and the fuller access to another person and their various states and the knowledge in their body and their different self-states and being able to use myself in a way, I would say the closest thing is, I think, using myself in the way I was able to use myself to be attuned to my children, which is, of course, when you have babies, it's much more, the field is set, the biology, the hormones, the whole um, relationship is very much facilitated by all of the shifts between mother and infant. But to actually be able to, as an adult, be in relationship with another human being um, because of the access one has and the field can be just really beautiful. And I think that even allows for early maternal deficits and foundational correction, which is amazing in terms of self-regulation and soothing and enrichments and different deficits that I think we all to different degrees carry with us. That's fascinating. And as I hear you describe as a uh, as a psychiatrist and a practitioner, what that experience is like, I'm like, yeah, that's the best part of therapy that when you have those moments of real connection with our clients and how beautiful to have tools that facilitate that more readily and regularly. I think it goes back full circle to this, what I had noticed really, really dramatically with this first individual in the session. I do feel like so much of the work in psychotherapy um, is to almost, you know, talk, understand the past, how it affects the present, of course, analyze what's going on and try and be sympathetic. But mostly that's not going to lead to change, in my opinion, even though I think it's very valuable to understand and to know another human being or to have one understand oneself and have perspective. I feel like it's almost the vehicle through which two people can come together and have something shift in terms of safety. So one's defensive structure disappears and there's and it's a mutual process where emotional contact is present and that feels unmistakable in a session. And I feel like that's where the change happens. To me, that's always been like a spiritual experience. It's very much based on, you know, I think I love Wil Wilfred Bion, the psychoanalyst, and he talks about, you know, this kind of um, experience of uh, emotional connection and growth and change from that. But I feel like those moments are just, for me, have always been what I prize in psychotherapy or psycho psychoanalytic psychotherapy. So it was just shocking to me to have access to this fellow in that way, in that consulting session, which was just talking about medication. Mm -hmm. And then in working with ketamine to see that you can have real, like three hours of that, um, it's kind of extraordinary. So it's been really interesting to feel like, how can you really take advantage of that open field? and for self-exploration and growth and enrichment. So that's why this work is just beyond fascinating to me and the field is so ripe for healing. And in your own process, as you started your own exploration and having more of these experiences and you described seeing both the benefits and limits of your own therapy and analysis, um, how did you start integrating those insights and what did you do with that information? Well, I'm really interested. I, I would say, how did I start integrating them? I think integration is so important, right? And I feel like I did have a lot of tools available to me to begin with because I was coming into this experience as an explorer and trying to understand what's going on and trying to compare how this um, compares to some of the approaches I've been using for healing myself and healing others. Um, so just that inquiry was so important to me. But taking time, really, I think my conservative nature, as I said, I was even hesitant to go into an experience. I think that for me, just to really try and understand the experience and absorb the experience and know what's going on has been really valuable because it really just allows me to sit with an experience and I've always been interested in, you know, the subtleties of an experience, not just the experience itself, but what's happening afterwards and how long is this going on and really aware of the downstream effects. And and I've been very fortunate to be able to work with people who are just really knowledgeable and amazing teachers. So I think that's also been really helpful. I've also really, ever since the beginning, I've been really enthusiastic about 
reading a lot about this work and, you know, just a big fan of Stan Groff's work. And so it was just really helpful to learn from other theorists and other um, experienced practitioners, either directly or through their written work, about the whole process and what shifts. I think being a meditator has really been helpful as well. I do a lot of meditation. I feel like the enrichment has been extraordinary. But it's really opened me up in different ways to to really absorb the teachings and the knowledge and the understandings. And um, even in terms of my practice and my own self-approach, I always feel like, you know, um, with any medications, how little much, how, how can you use as little as possible? If I'm going to prescribe, if I want to take myself, I'd rather be off medicines, but if you're going to use them. So that's always been my approach is how much can you really use an experience to grow from it? And what is the growth? Is it the actual experience of the medicines or is it the downstream effect? So how can you do, you know, so those are questions that I've always been very fascinated by. And um, I, I think I had really, um, a real awareness from my own experiences and working with people that it's not the experience itself only. That's just one piece of the whole equation. I, I feel like it just changes the field within oneself and the contact within oneself and shifts the defensive structure. And how do you keep going with that? So it's been really um, a process of investigation and exploration, but um, a recognition as well through that, that the integration piece is really interesting to really notice the shifts that are happening downstream and what emerges. Oftentimes, it's actually where the beginning of a whole different level of access and growth and shifts that I really treasure and I'm really interested in another person. So I think for me, that part is really fascinating to see what's next, what's going to happen. It's like almost very much like that metaphor that's been used. I'm not sure who came up with it, maybe Michael Pollan about the snow globe about everything being shaken up, that this is really a process. And that's what I really appreciate about it, is the process nature of it. Yeah, it sounds like the curiosity, just turning towards yourself with sort of curiosity and real this real mindfulness to subtle changes, um, both short-term and long-term, has been really important. It's been really important. I would also say that I have a little bit of a... Um, you know, I, it's, I really love the fact you can tailor doses for a person and choreograph an experience that you imagine that they would eat. But I do have a tendency when possible, it's not for everyone, but I think you can test it out, is lower doses, I think, actually allow for a, a, a different kind of experience than higher doses. I'm all for higher doses. I have no objection to them if they're needed. But generally speaking, I think the more extraordinary, huge experience can be harder, you know, if you have a very, very transpersonal experience or an experience of unity with God or beyond oneself, I think it can be really powerful and really like mind-blowing to be like, holy cow, I never knew that this was possible. However, I think it's quite difficult to know how does that pertain to my everyday life? What do I do with it? I mean, I think it can be really massive to feel like, wow, you know, I had no idea that one can have access but after one gets back into themselves in terms of the everyday life, of how is this going to shift my everyday practice of life, my relationship to others, my relationship to my profession, sometimes it gets very hard and very abstract to kind of make inferences. And so for me, sometimes, you know, I, I feel like um, to actually have experiences that can be an expansion beyond the everyday settings of our mind and our emotional life, but still within the self-sculpture can be, I think, actually, in some ways more powerful because then you can actually, I think you require less integration because it's a felt experience that can be still stay, stay, stayed with after the experience and expanded into. I almost feel like it's a bit like building health or having a workout where you can build safety, build health. And that gets to be something that's easier to keep closely um, without much effort, close at hand and experience and expand into instead of actually becoming more behavioral of trying to remember or bring back or lock in. And so I do have a preference in that because I do feel it allows for 
more access, more expansion into different states. Um, sometimes that's not possible. And sometimes if one sticks with lower doses, we can have a lot of trauma come up and get stuck. And that would be the argument to go deeper and to perhaps start from the other end of going beyond self and finding oneself liberated from some of the trauma that is established in the be in our beings. But I do like the idea of really tailoring it to a person. And when possible, I do think going through the self and opening up pathways within the self of um, expansion or stepping out of our minds and understanding and tapping into the knowledge in the body can be a much gentler and easier uh, process to integrate. That's such a good point. You know, I often think about the differences between the different psychedelics and therefore what integration, how integration might differ amongst them, you know, uh, but to actually also think about within one particular substance, um, how you can tailor that is really, really neat. I think you can do it for all of the medicines. And a lot of times I think there's a bit of a bias in our field. And I think even in terms of consumers, that more is more, you know, and I feel like there's a lot of chasing for high dose ego dissolution. I want a unity state of oneness, a mystical experience, which I can understand because that's very exciting. At the same time, I feel like, well, actually having, um, finding yourself, having communion with yourself and really meeting oneself and one's being and one's spirit to me is no less mystical no less mind-blowing to even discover who are you beyond our everyday habits and conditioning, to know there is a self beyond the chatter of our mind or our feeling states or the sensations in our bodies, to know that there's an essence in there. To me, that's just as powerful as any mystical event. To me, it feels deeply spiritual. And I think one is just a mirror of the other, really. But I think that the path through the self and to actually connect with that, not just to kind of get beyond yourself to find your essence, but through and in contact with yourself and having that a little bit more um, almost distilled out can be, I think, a much more rewarding process and path to expansion. Yeah, connecting to the universe within the, Absolutely. the, the cosmos and solar system and everything within us is just as I think, yeah, you're right. To me, it's just as compelling as that interconnectedness with everything around us. And it's really just all a continuation of each other anyway. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And so with your patients, do you guide integration sort of in the same way through this just self-inquiry? Well, I really try and follow the person's process. So, you know, usually after an experience, I do want to check in with someone and then have a chance to talk about what they're noticing and try and have them be really attentive to what's coming up for them. What is the experience? Do they notice that there's less anxiety, less panic, more space? And if there is more space, how long does that last? And what does that look like? And what do they see arrive? I've even had people feel like they feel almost uncannily free of anxiety. And that can be very disturbing for some people. And to have to kind of be more attentive to that new state and then what is uh, arrives through that. Or I've had other people almost have a snapping back of almost a doubling down. So just to really notice what is the process? How does the, the person and their being respond to the shifts of this deep experience? Sometimes I think you can have a kind of you know, what's, what's called a rubber band effect if it's too extreme. That's another advantage of going a bit slowly and trying to tailor it for the person to see how does one respond to these different states. Um, but it's, yes, my process is really to try and listen and learn from the process and accompany the persons in their process. And, um, you know, I do have, my, I am a sort of, my background is being a psychoanalyst. So I'm definitely much more in that mode of, process-oriented, I would say, not even analyzing as much as accompanying the person in their growth and process and trying to listen to see how it's changed them as opposed to shifting to a more behavioral application model, um, which I feel like 
to me has not ever been my perspective. I'm much more interested in sort of noticing with the person shifts that are occurring and new um, knowledge and expressions that are unfolding. To me, it feels more like an unfolding of, um, you know, of a person's process of re recovery into a fuller actualization of who they are when safe and when given ideal conditions to thrive and blossom. So that's the process of transformation that I just find so magical. And so um, so I find it just an honor to be part of. So that's what I try and do, whatever I can, to promote that in a way that individuals' recognition of that, as well as having them try and join me in being able to support that process for themselves and listening to themselves. I have a colleague actually I was talking to recently who I think sort of said it so beautifully. Um, his name is Dr. Jeff Becker, and he's a big pioneer in the ketamine world. But he talked about it even in terms of choice of music for this session. But it certainly captures his, his, um, his perspective really on the attitude, I think, that you wish would, would one would wish to cultivate or inspire in another individual doing the work of um, you know using their ego to really try as much as they can to prepare and cultivate even a recording or a music list to support their soul. And I just thought that's such a beautiful um, idea that one's ego would try and prepare music for the receiving of their soul and I felt that was such a beautiful idea that one would invite that invitation because it captured to me the essence of what one would hope not just only with the preparation of a musical track um, or for the session but actually the whole attitude towards how you can enlist another person to listen to themselves and open up themselves to really expand to be the fullest expression of that person's soul. What a beautiful question to invite into it. Yeah, any area of our life does this support my soul. And of course, the gift of psychedelics is really having that embodied experience of what that feels like. Um, and so then to be able to carry that out into your life. I love that. Yeah. Is there anything else that's coming to mind as you think about your work or your personal experience and your framework for integration that you're feeling called to share? Sure. I would say, you know, I think that what's really amazing to me is to, I would say, I'll, I'll answer in both ways. I'll talk a little bit about my own personal experience. And then I think it really does inform so much how I work. What I've really been amazed at with these medicines is really what the, each of them have a different invitation. But ultimately, it's ways of trying to really recognize how much knowledge is in the body and how much body is available um, to really thrive and flourish into one's full um, capacities. I do really think of it as very much like how all of us are um, developed in our mixture of our potentials and our early environments and ways of sort of surviving it, which is actually what's formed each of us and made us so unique. And then to actually almost be able to recover into um, almost blossoming from that state into one's actual fullness if you had ideal conditions. And, and of course, you needed those less than ideal conditions to make us who we are in the first place. But so much I think of it as like plants who, you know, have each of us have kind of compensated for the environment we were kind of born into. And then to actually almost put, like if we, one was an orchid in indirect light with intermittent water, the actual conditions, what would happen and what is the potential that has not been fully available? And I really see that in myself, in my own being, how much one can stretch into parts that haven't been allowed to be established or haven't been fully um, attended to. And I've just been completely amazed at the knowledge that I didn't realize every single experience is mapped within the self and how much those lenses have shaped one's own experience from early traumatic patterns or birth experiences or even ancestral motifs, you can call that epigenetics, or um, in some traditions like Vedanta, we can talk about it in terms of karma. As a psychologist, I think about it in terms of these kind of 
trauma maps. And it doesn't really matter what, however you think of it, these kind of defining maps or lenses that shape the experience of the world and color and shape our identity to actually realize there's a way to break out of them and emerge beyond them and to have um, a liberation from those kind of limitations and constructs has been completely mind-blowing to me and just extraordinary. I feel like this was never something I could have even imagined that one can expand beyond and have a whole different way of viewing and experiencing the world and oneself has been just so extraordinary or shedding karma and going beyond that. So that has been really monumental for me and really um, defining in the way I try and invite another person I'm working with into their process. I would say it impacts preparation and integration, you know, as an analyst, I've always been trained to be really interested in the past and understand how the past affects the present moment as we see it play out in the consulting room and being more and more interested in the deepest details about the earliest experiences. And now as a psychedelic set of psychotherapist, I feel like I'm really interested in that, but actually it's not that interesting because just to understand a little bit about those lenses, which is very easy to do very quickly, is enough because the question that supersedes that is what would you be like if you were able to liberate beyond those, which is a much more forward directing question of, yes, I want to know how that shaped you. And most people have a sense of how early life events infected them, how the divorce was really difficult or, you know, an event that happened or growing up as the youngest child or having a parent that was alcoholic or what have you, or sick mother, these things had huge impact. Most people are really aware of those details um, and can speak to that very, very quickly. And I do like people to have a sense of some of those pieces only because I feel like it allows you to know, in a way, that's your prison, you know, or my prison. And how can we even imagine who would we be if we could step outside of those limitations? So that's a very important um, piece that I really value tremendously in in thinking about um, supporting. But I think also in terms of working with an individual, to listen from then a different place, to listen to like that curiosity of emerging, but also to try and see people very much in the present moment free of all of these different ideas and to then actually be more interested in who is this person that is emerging right now? How can I support their own development I do think psychedelic psychotherapy is a very developmental process because we all are um, in some ways have been stuck or stunted in certain ways or have had things that weren't provided for us, which, you know, as a psychedelic, as a psychotherapist, I feel like in a way the die is cast and we can't really change that much. And even a small shift in defensive structures can have enormous implications. But um in psychedelic psychotherapy, it totally blows my mind that actually some of the things we never received, some of the compensations, you can actually get behind them and really have them provided. It's a little bit like, you know, all of us are houses with faulty foundations to actually realize, wow, you can actually change the, correct the foundations. The whole building's going to fall apart, it's true, but then a new building can emerge. So it's not necessarily the easiest process, but what if one is down for it, which to me is the most extraordinary application, to actually kind of, in a way, fall apart, to have the whole foundations repair and a new, um, fuller potential emerge is absolutely stunning. And I think to me that's the deep transformative process that I so value and have been benefited from that I really, if someone is interested to really do that deeper inquiry and self-work, I'm so um, honored to support that kind of process. It's a really interesting, uh, beautiful process of flourishing. And I do feel like one of the hallmarks is people will say at some point a version of everything is falling apart and I've never felt this good before. And so that's a very different process. And I think it gets into integration because if we're talking about a process, it's an ongoing kind of process as opposed to an integration of remembering facts or applying. 
you know, which can be still a really beautiful, very, very valuable application of psychedelic psychotherapy. But I think this gets into the nuances of how there are lots of different subtle applications of really good psychedelic psychotherapy, just like there's no one fit size fits all. I'm really good at psycho psychoanalytic psychotherapy in the past because that's my training and background and lenses. And I don't, I'm not a behavioralist, but I know tons of brilliant cognitive behavioral psychotherapists that I don't hesitate at all to refer patients to who want that kind of work or even people that I'm working with. I feel like, you know what, I think you'd really benefit more from that approach. And I have the best colleagues who's wonderful at that. I think it's hard to be a jack of all trades because usually you're not so great in any of them if you're kind of doing a bit of everything. And I think we're really at the beginning of a whole emerging sophistication with psychedelic psychotherapy, where there's going to be a lot of brilliant, different, skillful applications. And I think what we call now as preparation and integration is just going to be a menu of different approaches. Right now, I think that there are a menu of different approaches, but some of them are quite blurred in terms of what really constitutes much more, you know, psychopharmacological applications of of psychedelic medicines, which are wonderful because they're just a really different way of treating depression, anxiety symptoms, uh, and are very psychotherapy light versus really trying to use the medicines as a catalyst in different doses for a deeper application, which could be more behavioral or could be more process oriented and foundational corrections. And I think we're starting to actually become a little bit more um, thorough in trying to differentiate all of these different approaches and how to go deeper and have more skill in each of these applications. That was one of the most compelling cases for psychedelics I've heard, and also one of the most um, just realistic perspectives on how, yeah, how deep the work really is, that it's not these one-time transformative experiences that quite the opposite, it takes us so many layers deeper um, and how beautiful that can be, but how it really takes effort and commitment. It can be. People want that kind of work. I mean, I would say just to tell you a little bit more about the way I work, what I really like to do um, with people, and of course it is so tailored, I like to have it be, you know, as I said, I think you're focusing a lot on integration. So to try and talk a little bit more to integration. And when I say I like to have experiences be a little bit subtler, more self-exploratory and expansive so that is less um, less kind of burden on the individuals to integrate or even know how to integrate. But I would say what I like to do, for example, with ketamine is to use tailored doses and tinier doses where maybe someone will have a small dose which is tailored them to actually very quickly drop into a deep meditation where the chatter of mind is released and the the way stress and the characters held in the body also softens. So there's just a little bit of a letting go of actually discovering what it is to who are they when their body is calm and relaxed and when their mind is and to almost drop to what's beneath the surface. And that way you can actually even see what feelings come up, what emotions, ideas. And you can actually from there listen to the process and say, well, maybe I want them to go a little bit deeper to listen even more deeply to the body. And actually you can tailor it for an inquiry and an investigation and exploration through the self to discover through experience the different layers all the way to the periphery of self or even beyond the self. So you can really learn through that experience who one is and also feel the other person who is taking care of them and tending to them during that process. So it's very relational as well. And sometimes there's talking through the session or um, a back and forth after and during, but I think there is something really beautiful about having these almost traveling through the self and a learning through experience of what's there. And I do feel very much in terms of tapping into the inner healing intelligence is that if you can listen to the session, both parties, that can be the guide of how how the person is dosed and where they go. It can be really very um very varied. It used to be that I would start at a small dose and have the person go a bit deeper and go through these steps to discover who they are through the self in these different layers. But more and more, I feel like I, I just try start with a small dose and listen to the process. And that guides me because it's really them guiding what they need and to find where the person goes and what emerges and no session is alike. And so then coming out of it, 
it's a gentler process and it's more than listening and continuing to listen what comes up and to continue that thread of conversation. I do find for most of us, it can be difficult with busy lives to really have the space in one's life. So I oftentimes will schedule sessions to talk afterwards or invite the person into sharing with me, even writing daily notes to me so I can have a sense. Sometimes it's easier if you're talking to another and have that discipline of, oh, I have to write to Gita today and give her my report. And even if I'm going to sit for 10 minutes, and I really appreciate it because I get a much subtler sense of the unfolding. But I think it also is sometimes is an assist for another person to have a person to talk to and just give a little bit of time to, you know, almost like a diary entry of what has happened to check in with myself and to know where have I been? What have I noticed? And oftentimes I, f- I think people are surprised at what what they notice or what comes out of them when they're actually trying to send me a note. And I think that can be very valuable even in between that meeting and several days later where you can actually have a little bit of a sense of an impression of what the process is, which to me is the most exciting thing in the world. And even that sometimes can be really interesting where people are like, well, I'm not that interested in it. How come you're so interested? And that's very revealing. So I'm like, well, why aren't you interested? Because you know, sometimes these subtle attitudes that we harbor, even during the session or because I mean the only real um, – I would say instruction I have is to just, you can't do this wrong and just notice what arrives. And even if you notice you don't want to notice or you're not interested, that just be aware of that because that's incredibly important information. In fact, I've had some sessions where, you know, one of the most valuable pieces that have come up is the person's attitude towards themselves where, remember this one woman who the most extraordinarily creative mind with so many images and colors and shapes. And I was, you know, my jaw was on the ground and she said, well, I'm just shocked that you're so delighted by my mind. And I said, well, I'm shocked that you're not. And she said, well, it's all derivative. I mean, Van Gogh did it better and Picasso did it better. And I was just shocked at how harsh this judgment was when I'd never seen anything or heard anything as exquisite as the imagery she was reporting and the whimsy and the playfulness and the colors and the um, subtlety. But she was shocked because she said, I'm shocked at your reaction, which was completely honest because I just was surprised at her kind of, then she did actually recognize, wow, I guess I'm really hard on myself. It's really hard because we live in our own minds. We don't oftentimes even have a way of knowing What is the atmosphere in our inner worlds? I mean, we all have our inner worlds and they're like different planets. We don't know because we're too in it to even gauge. So it's, I think that's another piece I really appreciate about the process is it's a really interesting way to actually witness and participate in another person's inner world and for them to have another lens on how their, the climate of their world is, you know, it, I might notice an impoverishment and feel like, wow, it would be nice to understand how that can be cultivated and enriched. Or if there's almost too much going on that it's overwhelming, which might feel like, wow, it's how does one manage when there's so much and too much chaos? And to even have um, a reference and a sharing, which can lend to both enrichment or sometimes even a regulation and a way of holding, it's such a beautiful um sharing of consciousness where new possibilities exist when you have two consciousness in a third space. So I think it's it's just the most remarkable ex- experience, these sessions, and so many different avenues and elements that are healing that can be stepped into, which are tailored for an individual to unfold into their own potential. So beautiful. Thank you. And in addition to your private practice, I know you're involved in uh, training a lot of you know practitioners. Um, if people want to connect with you or support your work, what are the best ways to do that? Thank you for asking. Well, what I'm really excited about right now is expanding my practice and working with a bunch of practitioners in New York City. Um, and expanding what I'm doing. And I'm part of uh, an organization called the Center for Natural Intelligence, where we hope to offer more clinical work. And the piece that I'm super excited about is really innovation and and going deeper into different applications of this work, um, blending in meditation 
with this in the actual process of pranayama and different breathing practices and group work, which I think is just going to be so exciting to, in a way, play with different healing artists to bring together the knowledge and use the psychedelic um, experience to um, enhance different healing practices. Um, so that's the project that I'm currently working on. And ways to reach me would be um, on our website, which is www.cni.nyc, or you can find me on Instagram at Gita Vade. And um, I'm also going to be at Horizons offering a day workshop with ketamine-assisted psychotherapy if anyone's interested in uh, joining us. Wonderful. And I'll include links to all of those uh, in the show notes. So, well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. I feel so excited about this work when I hear you speak and I'm so fortunate to have learned from you myself in our training. Um, and I'm just so grateful for your support and insight. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's always really fun to talk with someone who's as enthusiastic and knowledgeable as you are. I can just tell from the skill of your questions and your enthusiasm, it's just flown by and it's really been a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So that's the show. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out the show notes for Dr. Bade's full bio and links to all the ways you can get in touch with her, stay up to date on what she's doing. Um, you can, of course, also find the links for me and my Instagram and newsletter. Um, Dr. Vade also mentioned towards the end that she'll be presenting on ketamine-assisted psychotherapy at the upcoming Horizons Conference in New York City in early December 2021. And I'll also be at the conference for a few days. So if you're going to be there, I'd love to see you. And that's about it. If you liked this episode, if you're liking the show, I'd love if you could leave a rating or review and let me know. Um, and I'll catch you next time. Take care. Thank you.